1: All right, you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood, and uh, it is time for you to slow down, and we've talked, I mean, just, we we want you to uh, stop a little bit and listen. We're going to have a great topic today, but uh, let's begin with uh, our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II. Pray, pray for, us. for us. Holy family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. It. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Yes, we, um, we have Monica Ashour with us, one of our favorite guests, and um, we thought that we would, um, we would talk about uh, talking about difficult subjects, but most specifically, what's going on in the church, how do you handle with different age groups, thought that that would be productive and be a way um, to maybe help our listeners be able to deal with... With some of the difficulties that are occurring um, for us Catholics, but um, Monica, anyway. welcome on board. The mystery of parenthood.
2: It is great to be back. Thank you guys for yeah. hosting me again.
1: That's awesome. So Thaddeus and I, you know, we were talking about it, and I think it's kind of central to to uh, so many conversations of Catholics these days. But with regard to what's what's been happening in the in the church and some of the scandal that's been going on and we wanted to kind of talk through some of your thoughts and ideas and and maybe throw ours out there so that we could help our listeners um in how to address appropriately and um age appropriately uh these issues with our with our kids. And so um anyway, thank you so much for being on the show and and we'll make sure to make sure that everybody out there knows how to get a hold of your stuff.
0: Yeah. um, Before we really get into it, Monica, tell us about what's the latest going on with Tobit and tell people what Tobit is and what are you up to lately?
2: Yeah. um, I just got off the phone and I was interviewed up in Seattle on their Catholic radio there. Wow. They're promoting flying there. (laughs) They're just really excited about, you know, um, bringing me in. I got to, phone call from the Archdiocese of Seattle about an hour ago saying, we heard you're in town. Will you come talk to us and the staff and, uh, the vicar of the pre, you know, it, so it's, you know, I think because of uh, unfortunately the scandal that's going on, um, I think there's going to be more traction with regard to what my team and I are developing, especially for little ones, you know,
3: right.
2: if, um, if everyone you know can understand the truth of who they are, made in God's image and likeness, and how the body fits into that, and who we are as body persons, then I think it's going to be understood that this is a foundational concept upon which to build. And so, um, you know, our our Body Matters curriculum will be done with um, all of the books by January, God willing, and we're very excited about that. Um, it's, It's very, very wonderful that I've been given the opportunity to uh, help the Church and glorify God.
0: How many different volumes of materials do you have now in, in your various series?
2: Yeah, so for the um, preschool through eighth grade curriculum, at the very end when we're all over, it's going to be, I think it's 21 books.
3: Wow. So, yeah.
2: I know. the preschool That was not rehearsed. Was three books. I know, it's really hard. And then every, um, every grade level, it'll be two books, uh, K through eighth. And yesterday and this morning, I woke up, we finished, my team and I finished the seventh grade book with the final layout. So I woke up this morning and I just enjoyed it so much. It's called Our Bodies Made Male and Female. Can you imagine why that book of all books took us yeah. a year and a half sure. to finish? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, it was so hard to do. Um, and we decided, we made the deliberate decision not to use the word gender in the whole book.
1: Thank you. Of yeah. course,
2: <laughs> the, the you know, educator guides will include that, but sex means male or female. It's you know, that, that biology which helps us to understand who we are um, as men and women. And so that's what we're giving to the seventh grade. That's the way Pope John Paul in the theology body uses the word sex. It is male and female. And so uh, I'm really excited about this book um, that we'll next send it to Archbishop Aquila in Denver for him and his team to make sure that everything's worded properly. But I'm pretty confident that pretty soon we should get the imprimatur, nihil Lobstad, and go to the printer.
1: Fantastic. Congratulations. Fantastic! Yeah, Thank that, you. That, um, that, the way that you, you you talk about what sex is that that reminds me of a story which I've used on here before, maybe even in talking to you, but it's it it actually is a valid point with regard to how you talk about difficult subjects with our kids, and maybe a springboard at least in part to that. One of and you'd know who the person is if we got off the phone, but he was telling me a story about when his son walked in, probably ten years old, walked in to him in the in his living room and said dad what is sex and and his dad said why don't you go ask your mother that question and then the went back to the mother and and said Why you know and she goes okay your dad needs to handle that go back to him and came back in asked the same question and was at least intelligent enough to ask the next question is why do you ask that question and he um The child goes, well, because I'm filling out this paperwork for for school and it's it's got a thing that says sex and then there's an M and an F next to it. And so sometimes I think part of addressing a thing is we may make assumptions on what they're asking um, and they may not be asking what we think they're asking and. Sometimes I don't know what you speak to that. But I did. I thought when you said that, I was the first thing that popped in my mind was yeah. I I
2: wish we went back to that more, Trey, because Mm -hmm. unfortunately now when you go to the doctor, it'll say, "What do you identify with?" Oh my goodness. Your wife has told us stories about that, and you know, if only it were back to
3: (laughs) right those two. Are you
2: male or female? Um, So it's it's unfortunate that now we have all this gender fluidity and. You know, all this other stuff that's leading kids astray. And again, as you, you know, know about me and I know about you, this is not, you know, in a mean, judgmental
3: no, not way at all. of
2: trying to, you know, it's, it's to clarify our identity. And it starts with the objective truth of the body, you might say. Right. So in, in that book, we say, did you know that if a doctor takes a swab of the inside of your mouth, he could, she could, he or she could tell whether you're male or female? Because every right. single cell, has either XX or XY, and it's just things like that that are we're, we're hoping to catch them before the culture kind of derails them to think differently.
1: Yeah, I think that's so. That is critical, and I think a lot of people don't know that 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 science that no matter what happens, that that's one thing that can always be um, certain of. And I, I think that that's that. That's why I guess they're denying the body is because they would say, well, that's... Even though that's scientifically, I can tell because of the Y chromosome or the no. By the way, my mom used to say that the uh, it wasn't the Y chromosome for, for males. It was the where chromosome because anyway, that's all the first mm-hmm. question in my mouth whenever I'm looking for anything. Where is it? Well, last time I touched it, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cash and humor, but really bad. But um, But I think that I think that they're trying to dismiss that, but again, getting back to the concreteness of of matter in the body is in, is important in saying this is you know this is just the way it is. I don't know how would you, how do you deal with that? I mean, you I'm sure that you would get or, or or that there would be some pushback against against that, even though you say you know you could take the swab and and be able to tell that it was either a male or a female. And it would there would be nothing other than a male or a female in that in that um, discovery. I guess. What kind of pushback do you would you expect to get back, and then yeah. how much you answer how much you answer that?
2: Right. The, the the man who was interviewing viewing me um, just less than an hour ago said, you know, in Seattle we have just passed a law where the person who identifies as transgender you can't try to you know, help them. To understand themselves differently, you would be arrested for that, and, you know, counselors cannot go there. And, you know, Uh I just gave a talk last uh, Friday here in Dallas at the Catholic Medical Association. Uh A whole bunch of doctors came to my Theology of Body talk, and they loved it. And part of the reason is they, of course, know that any sort of transsexual surgery is child abuse. Right. why Why does one who just feel a certain way you know think that therefore that they have to be the you know the opposite sex and you know I think we've talked about this before i I'm an athlete you know when I was growing up, you know, does it make me less feminine just because I could beat some boys at basketball or you know any any other sport? No, it just makes me a really good female athlete and and by the way, you know in, in some states they let boys who identify as girls, you know, enter track meets and whatever, and they beat the girls, right. you know? And, and so it's really anti-feminine, um, this, this idea of, you know, the, the gender identity. And, uh, but there's one statement, it's very fascinating in the theology body where Pope John Paul says, because of concupiscence tendency to sin, that the human has difficulty in identifying with his own body. Isn't that hmm. fascinating? It's almost like he foresaw the gender identity ideology. And so, you know, he's trying to claim that back again and, and for us to take seriously are, are our bodies, which which give us a deep um, sense of who we are um, as male or female.
1: Yeah, I think that, that that I've always said that, you know, understanding the theology of the body and, and the way that both— Say Pope Paul VI and all the way through John Paul II, Second that that they could they could foresee just because of what was going on, maybe not foresee like in a vision but but the natural end of this disconnection between um the visible and the invisible, this denial of of one um for the sake of the other, I guess um as opposed to kind of an integrated whole look at a at a human being. I don't know if that makes any sense or if I'm just speaking from the side, but I, I it it seems to me that one of the things I was always amazed about was well how did they know how did they know how could Pope Paul VI and Humanity Vitae, how could John Paul, you know, have these thoughts? And the reality is is that they're really kind of a natural progression of if you if you follow this Thought process, this this other thought process of disconnecting love and life, of disconnecting those things that have always been integral. I guess that you would naturally end up with what they project, what the, you know, what they projected higher divorce rates, yeah, et cetera.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you know, the the devaluing of women and things like that. Yeah, it's a definite trajectory um, that I think Pope Paul saw. Paul VI in Humani Vitae and Pope John Paul certainly saw. And it's funny that we're using that because when I sit down with uh, the Tobit writers, I'm like, okay, here's the trajectory of the theology of the body. And so, like, if contraception is used, and when I say that, I know a lot of people just don't understand the significance right. of that, where or it, or it divides actually the person. It's not just dividing, you know, life and love and the conjugal love, it actually divides the people. There's a barrier, right? And so, what we're doing with our little kids' books is trying to show them how, no, your body is a sacrament. You know, your body shows you that you're made for a gift, and how important that is. And you know, one thing Trey you mentioned when, when the dad was asked, like, "Go ask your mom," you know, it reminds me of you know the the controversy in the church. You know, when our hierarchy. Doesn't understand the truth of the body, and the truth of love, and that you know, then they're not the the spiritual fathers that mm-hmm. they're called to be, and in fact, they're doing quite the opposite. So it, it kind of reminds me of you know, if there's a, a, a man into something really difficult, like you know, pornography or something, and and a kid kind of runs into the room on accident and, and s- discovers that that's kind of what I feel like with regard to this recent scandal. Like my, my, those who are supposed to be fathers for me are actually doing the opposite Are actually, you know, promoting the wrong understanding of the human person. And, um, you know, they're going against the truth of the body and the truth of love. Um, you know, whether, you know, are are they culpable or not? That's another question we could get into what I would say, you know, it has to do with addiction Right. Or non-addiction, but and then you know how do we guide our children? Then you know this is really hard, Trey and Thaddeus to kind of wrap my head around. So um, maybe but we could it,
1: keep dialoguing about that. Yeah, but I think it's it's so important for us to remember, and this is why I've always thought you know people need to have an understanding of theology and that it does apply. Um, you know, those rules are not rules; they're just. For the sake of the rule, they're they're there because it's a natural outflow. It's the right thing based on an understanding of what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. And I I, I think that the prophetic nature of, say, John Paul II, and probably flowing from the from from humanae vitae, is that he understood this. I mean, Tell me, I mean, it was the first thing he started talking about, right? Right. At, I mean, at the very beginning of his pontificate, at least the theology yeah, the of the body. Beginning. Yeah. At the very beginning. Absolutely. So he, he saw this as something that needed, he wasn't bringing, well, you can probably talk about this. He wasn't bringing new teaching necessarily, but he was expanding on it. Is that correct. Am I saying that correctly?
2: Yeah, of course. You know, that, but- Revelation stopped at the death of the last apostle, St. John. But this is for our time, he says, that the theology body is the most suitable basis uh, method of, of educating the human person. And so, how important that is. You know, I read recently from Cardinal Moeller. Oh, yeah. Um, he says the word reform is masked in the actual um, heresy as actual heresy. So, to reform and like, let's throw out all these rules for the sake of the human person. Actually, it's doing more harm than good, because really if we, if we correspond, if we give reverence to the way God designed us and particularly our bodies, Mm -hmm. we're going to find joy. We're going to find freedom, you know, by, by owning the truth in our hearts and in our bodily actions. So absolutely. Um, the idea of this, this is a different, um, you might say, the development of dogma that Pope John Paul has given us in the theology of the body. And guess who wants to reject the theology of the body? Precisely those hierarchical leaders in our church. They want it to be called the theology of love. Right. They want to get rid of the concrete word, body, Yes. that it's actually non-negotiable or ought to be non-negotiable. You should know whether you're human or male or female because of the body.
3: Right,
1: and so
2: relativism is—they're trying to get you know, even down to our very body and changing that word. And it's but it, yeah, a like you said, it's
1: it's taking the concreteness away by by trying to take a, a word that can be used in so many different ways and kind of no form to it. But 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 when you use the body, and again, as you said that, I recall that you years ago you talking to me about this and you you know saying that you know Christ would what, what he say this is my body not not this is my yeah. love this is my this is my body, and connecting mm-hmm. what he was uh, what he had done and what he's about to do with a concrete action in and through his body that is the outward expression of love and and I think that again there's this disconnect that that we as parents need to try to reconnect. And your books sound like they're the, because it's not an easy topic and it's not one that it is one that builds on a way of looking at a person. And so I'm really excited about the fact that, that your books are having this progression of allowing children to understand it as they go forward, because it's not, you know, theology of the body is not just about sexuality, but certainly It is about sexuality.
0: Yeah, that makes me uh, think of of this connection here. Uh, You talked about that theology of love idea, Monica. Um, That doesn't sound really logically consistent with some other priorities of certain theologians and uh, bishops in the church or members of the church who uh, say that the care for the poor or the care for the immigrant, the care for the refugee, the care for the marginalized. I mean, all of those concerns matter bec- because we're embodied souls.
1: Because matter matters.
0: If we weren't, if we didn't have bodies, those things wouldn't wouldn't matter because it wouldn't mm-hmm. matter uh, where on the earth our souls happen to be located if they were disembodied. Am, am I making sense? There's there's like a there's a very <laughs> yeah. deep Logical fallacy there.
1: Well, doesn't I, in in thing I've heard I've heard like Saint Augustine. I want you to springboard off of this, but Saint Augustine, I think in 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 some homilies regarding Matthew twenty five, where when you were hungry, when when I was hungry, you fed me, points to the fact that he doesn't use generic, non tangible terms to describe that. He doesn't say you know you didn't lie to me or you didn't, but it was you didn't feed me, you didn't mm-hmm. clothe me. You didn't visit me all very corporal Mm -hmm. and you know i think that that's something that that we need to recall hang on to this is the the incarnational uh faith of all yeah
0: the the theology so the theology of the body would seem to be the most logically consistent across all those different um social and moral concerns
3: Mm mm-hmm
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and even the word love, as as we put in our seventh grade book, um, you know, there are so many forms of love. And so we actually quote the Greeks and their four levels of love. And and then also when children are led astray with the sexualized culture, like if I have any sort of feeling for someone of the same sex, that must be romantic. And we're saying (laughs) one of our chapters is like... um, we say, are you in love with chocolate? You know, just because you're attracted to something, you're drawn to it, doesn't mean it's sexual, doesn't mean it's romantic. And so, you know, even the word love, it's thrown around so much, which is why I think Pope John Paul uses the word gift of self. Right. And and notice what both you know that term, the, the word self. It's like I am the one. I'm the subject of my life. I'm deciding as a body person. What I'm going to do, and that is, I'm going to be a gift, and I see another person as a gift. And so, it's just ingenious what Pope John Paul does with, with his theology of the body. And I'm just so happy that my team and I are, you know, privileged to, to make some books that correspond to like the religious development of the child, yes, which is a, another really huge factor in, in us creating um, these books.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying because I think you know the discussion that it, it does occur, and I do think that that it, it that discussion of you know the talk or the birds and the bees, whatever you know, whatever euphemism you want to throw out there, is really a conversation over time, and it's built on a proper understanding of the person, and again. Most, many, and I would include myself, but I mean, fortunately I had some training, so I've tried to, tried to talk my kids through what you have, but to have a tool that, like you have, is a great advance for for the church and those so that they can, they parents have an opportunity to have the kids working on and under, and beginning to understand what it means to be human and what it means to love.
2: Uh, right, right you know, and so those conversations ought to take into account like the the development of the child so um, and I really, really pay a lot of tribute to the Catechism of the Good Shepherd because they, they would say the fundamental religious question for someone ages around, you know, one to six is who is God and it's just God loves them and so for parents, when they talk to children, they wouldn't say to a five-year-old, do you believe in God? Or, you know, if they heard anything about the scandal of the church, like they, it wouldn't just occur. It wouldn't occur to them that, you know, these priests with this scandal, you know, you, you wouldn't say, oh, well, God still loves you or God still, you No, know, they just are receptive and their bodies show that. And, and then... Do we have time, or am I? No, please. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we have plenty, have plenty of, time. of time. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so like the child ages six to nine, um, are their bodies are becoming sturdier, and they could start doing more things, being a gift by giving, and then they're starting to realize, oh, I'm in a human community, and you know, so their imagination um, it needs like this big picture, like all of salvation history. But one of the things that's really important at that age is they still need the black and white, you know, to give any nuances, really difficult for them. They can't wrap their heads around it. And so, you know, when you'll ask me, like, maybe you could comment a little bit about the scandal, I thought about that, that you wouldn't sit down a seven-year-old and just say, you know, sometimes priests are, you know, good, mostly, but sometimes... No, you know, it, it's right. more just focus on the, what is good and, and focus on what they see that is good and not, you know, get so much into the nuances. But then like ages, you know, nine to 12, that's when it's the I, like, who am I in relationship with God and, and who am I with regard to, um, you know, in, in, in relationship with others? But and so that's when you start getting a little bit of the complexities, and then by the time you know puberty comes about, that's what their their question should be: What am I going to be for others? And that's when, you know, I would recommend you know parents talk to their children who are you know that age teenage years and just say, look what what we're facing is these people who used their position. You know, it's not only the, the homosexuality, it's they use their very position to manipulate and control people, you know, and is that what the theology of Ani is about? Right. Is, is sex about, you know, controlling people? Is being human about manipulating people? No, it's quite the opposite, quite the opposite. And y'all could probably talk about the difference between impeccability and infallibility a lot better than I can. But, you know, oh, those man. are some things that c- occur to me in addressing such um, you know, important yet sad issues nowadays. What do you think, Trey or Thaddeus?
0: Well, I want to stick on that marvelous question that you have for yeah. the 13-plus cohort, which is, I I was I naturally kind of conditioned, I was expecting you to say, the question's going to be, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And you say, who am I going to be for others? I mean, that is that's revolutionary <laughs> really, you know, really yeah. for that is so countercultural. Um, yeah. because even when, you know, so much of social do-gooderism is couched in what's going to make you feel good about yourself, you know, what little project or Right. Mission you're gonna go on that's gonna make you feel good about yourself. I mean, I don't mean to denigrate that, but there there there's an undeniable an element of that narcissism yeah. there. And that putting it the way you put it and and making that like the the vocabulary of your home, that's huge.
1: Yeah, I I I yeah. agree completely. We always talk to our kids about that that they're on the the God knew that they were going to be here, that they, that they have something to say, that God has something to say to this world in and through them, that if they don't choose that, and that's where their happiness is, if they don't choose that, then this world will be less than what it could have been had you been there. And so you are a gift to this world, a gift that no other person can be to this world. And so let's mm-hmm. Discover that together, so as parents you know we're mm-hmm. looking at what are the what are the gifts and talents how how do you interact with people and then begin to talk to them about that? I think that that's again that helps not only in sexuality but it helps actually in the way they look at things. I love to hear my kids talk sometimes where they when you can tell they've listened to that about you know I wonder what god what wants me to do or you know where is he what does he want me to study, what am I meant, who am I meant to be? for others. I, I've never used those terms, but but you can hear it echoed in the way they look at it when they're at their best.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm going to throw it to you here in a second, Monica, but uh, I would just love to hear you kind of expound on that of, so how does the body and our knowledge of our body help us discern our vocation, if, if that's too yeah, complex? So,
2: yeah. Um the the reason why I came up with that, besides catechistic shepherd, is um, in puberty. Like, what is it that that happens? Well, the person, you know, um, throughout his life up to that time, is mo- more receptive and and more okay. Parents are helping to form them to be, you know, the best they can be. But what puberty says, especially like through sexual desire, is. I'm meant to go toward another person. I am meant to love another person. Now we have to take this in the right way because oh, man, some teenage boys are like, "You better believe it! I'm meant to love someone," <laughs> but they mean actually use, and and that's the problem. Um, and so, what what our bodies, if we take them seriously, they they let us know we are meant to go out toward others. Mm-hmm. And so, in our seventh grade book. Um, the body made male and female, we we don't say that very directly. We just say the male and female body are complementary with, with the letter E, complementary. And what does that mean? It means that the common good is something we ought to think about. Now, kids are not used to that term common good. And so we just use examples like if you just go to your room and you're on video games or other things on the Internet For all hours of the evening, does that just affect you? No. What about your little brother who wanted to play? What about your mom who could have used help? You know, what about others that, you know, really wanted to chat with you? And so to take seriously, not only with regard to just sexuality, but humans are being for another, St. John Paul says. Being dash for dash another. And that's really the essence of who we are. I mean, if we think about it, even God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Those words connote relationality. Mm-hmm. And so we can only find ourselves in a sincere gift of self. Of course, it's Gotti Metzbez 24 3. And that's how we're going to be most happy in life as well, when we live for others and not just think about me, myself, and I. Um, and, and so I think that's a crucial component of St. John Paul's Theology of the Body.
1: Yeah. And, that, and that's, I mean, that is something we need to help our kids understand because everything else says, you know, what's in it for me? How do I, you know, what, what do I lose? What do I gain by doing this? It's not, it's, it's a focus on self. I mean, just as what's, what's for my good. And, and I have to be the one that does that when in fact the truth is that learning what gifts do I have? I am a gift, but I mean, what, what do I have to give to others? Um, that's a counter-cultural <laughs> um thought process it's a countercultural idea
2: yeah it's very countercultural and i keep thinking about children who go off to college and if the campus is this transgender friendly campus then you know a boy doesn't know whether you know when he sees a girl at least a girl body maybe she's a boy you know and how And that's, I would say that's due to the autonomous self. Like I get to decide on who I am and not even thinking about how it affects anybody else. And so how significant it is that we bring back the idea that we are made to be gifts to others. We are first receiving gifts from God and our parents, our family, friends. And then we go out and, you know, give that gift of self to the world and And make a difference, so I don't know if Thaddeus and or, or you trey have comments or, or yeah. know, discoveries about something like that in your own lives
0: yeah, you have you no know. not not yet okay not yet so much
1: <laughs> well i no so i mean i i um in this part of the in this part of the state of Texas <laughs> where I'm sitting right now it's it's hard to, but i have I have a son is that's at another university. <laughs> that is uh typically a rival of the university near which i sit currently and um my son was required to go to a required uh to go to a jet ge- you know gender uh sensitivity <laughs> training um and again, I'm, I, at the point, like as a parent, you lay the groundwork. And if, if you do it, I, I, I'm not concerned. I was just trying to tell him, you know, you gotta, you got to handle that with love, but recognize it for what it is. But the way they went about it, and I'm just now going to say this. I don't know. It would be interesting to see, hear if it draws any comments from you. But the way he explained it to me is they didn't preach like this is what. But what they did was is they had all these different people, um, get up and say, "Well, I wish that people wouldn't, you know, do this." So, like, there was one girl that this is one that drove him nuts. I wish that boys would not open the door for me <laughs> because I can open the door for <laughs> myself. Um, and my my son said oh, that's the one. I just went oh, really <laughs> loud enough to where other people turned to me and and. I wonder if there's not something to be said about that, because a lot of them were, I, I wish that they wouldn't think that I was a boy when I identify as a girl, you know, or, I mean, it's all different types of of ways that they're expressing themselves, and that's how that teaching went, you know, that's, I mean, that that's what it was, I mean, it was basically just a like a video or something but I mean that was the way it went and he I mean I'm not even I didn't even thought about that but I mean that they yeah. went about it that way um, yeah
2: I mean it's it it's a brilliant way of manipulating people because how can you argue against some girl and that's her experience so this is why the theology body is so important so what Pope John Paul does is he takes seriously phenomenology which is how we experience the world Mm -hmm. and so maybe a person is mixed up and i say that with love and let's say he has a male body but he might think that he's a she okay then that's his experience but what is a loving thing to do would be oh but let's talk about how your body is also part of the truth of who you are Mm -hmm. and so with this young woman you know, I think part of what her problem is, is it's the old stereotype. The old stereotype is, well, girls can't do anything, and so boys have to hold the door open. And no, it's, it's not. That's not the reason why gentlemen hold the doors open for ladies. It's because they deserve to be elevated. Right. You know, Mother Mary, you are the highest honor of our race. And I don't, it's built into you guys,
1: wouldn't you say so? That well, I know.
2: So, so I want I, to help
3: women thrive.
1: It's one of my fa- it's one of my favorite stories because I was raised. There's two things that I was told, and it's funny. Theology of the body would actually speak to this. Two things that my mom taught me: a man needs to know how to shake a hand, number one, and she would judge people on that first handshake. Mm-hmm. And the second was <laughs> is that there no woman should ever open the door for herself. If, mm-hmm. if you're around so that, you know, we would hurry up to get out for mass. I mean, I just, I can still see this <laughs> running out. We all hop in the car, dad hops. And you, the only thing that's missing is mom in the front seat and she's standing at the door and my dad's like, Oh guys, could one of y'all get out there and open the door for your mother <laughs> because she was not going to do it. So every time somebody, you know, says, Oh no, I'll open. I said, look at, at a minimum. Let me to do it because my mother will roll over in the grave if either you hold it up open for me or I don't hold it open for you. I mean, because it was drilled into my head. But both of those, I think it's funny. That's a, that, those are just, I guess, cordialities or I don't know what the right word is. But, but now that I think about it, that's kind of built. That's a, that's a way of teaching what we're talking about here. You know, a, a firm handshake with a, with a man looking. I mean, she would practice with us. Look a man in the eye firm handshake, you know, acknowledging. And, and then when, when a woman enters the room, you offer her your seat, whatever. But, I mean, that's all, that all could be connected with the theology of the body, right?
2: It is absolutely connected because if you think about it, you said drilled into your head, but right. I imagine you own it in your heart as well. No,
1: absolutely, and, I do. That's right.
2: Yeah, I mean, besides, besides the idea of elevating the woman— it is the woman allowing you to mm-hmm. thrive as well because y'all are made for that. So like in the seventh grade book, we um, we have stories interwoven, but the, the term we're saying, the mantra is uh, a guy is to protect, provide and proceed to lead. Mm-hmm. So protect, provide, proceed to lead. And so that leadership, you know, is meant to be a servant to others, right. not because the woman can't do it. You know, and then we say about the woman, she is inviting and surprising and guiding. So it's not as if women can't guide as well, similar to leadership, but we guide in a different way, in a feminine way of, of kind of elevating the, the situation of, of, you know, um, our, our inviting and our mystery is often in, in that connection emotionally and how good that is for, for us women. And so, you know, God made, as Pope John Paul says, two incarnational ways of being human, male and female. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just belong together and how wonderful it is. One of our diagrams is husband and wife for each other versus man versus woman. Right. And unfortunately, your son went to a workshop where it's man versus woman. Right. And, you know, and and man versus his own body. Yeah. How sad that is.
0: It is. Um, Wanted to get your take on this idea. This kind of goes back to looking at these first premises of some of these um, ideologies. Um, what do you think about the fact that transgenderism as an ideology and, and the idea of gender fluidity, um, still at the base of it, it's, it's an admittance that male and female exist or man and woman exist because everything <laughs> is categorized in right. i'm a i'm a male body but i feel like a female so therefore i'm a gender i'm a um a transgender um man or i identify do, do you see what i'm getting yeah, at I haven't there
2: thought about that. I, I absolutely yeah. do it's, it's kind of ironic isn't it yes because they're trying to do away with gender but you can't <laughs> like, uh, unless you are like the woman in the Scandinavian country who thinks she's a cat. And even a cat, I wonder if she thinks she's a male cat or female But then cat. you're
0: getting rid of you know? then you're getting rid of genus. You're not you're, you're like le- leaping yes. a whole nother level of um of categorization. Is that right? You know, like you're yeah. stepping even outside of the human genus into that's right. feline. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. That's so right. it's Which there there's why... some,
0: there seems to be yeah. something there that the categories can't be you, transcended, even as we try to ch- trans. They're trying to do that. Though, gender, by nice. being
1: called, you know, they. And uh, I'm not other, trying to be
0: facetious here. I'm, I'm being. No, I think you're dead on. Deadly serious. You've
1: hit something that I yeah. hadn't really thought about that I think makes sense, and I want Monica to ask. But you actually have to use the categories to <laughs> to explain away the categories, right? Because it's to so un- uncategorized. To uncategorize, because you you can't explain away what what is evident right in, in most cases and even if somebody happens to dress that way i mean like i said you know stephanie went and saw and it went to the first day of school or whatever and there was somebody picking up schedules and she said i he's that's a boy but he's in a dress <laughs> and everything i mean high heels and you know but there's something about knowing i mean and, and i you know, she knew by the way he walked and and talked that he was a boy. So even though he was denying that or seemed to by his by his actions, he was dressing in a way that would associate him with the other ge- with the other gender. So it's actually like it is really strange. I hadn't really thought about it, but but I think you're on something yeah. there.
2: Yeah. And it, it reminds me of like homosexuality. And again, I know some people who, you know, are, are unfortunately they struggle with that. But oftentimes there's a quote-unquote male of the situation and a quote-unquote female, whether it's, you know, two guys or two women. Mm -hmm. There's something about giving and receiving, and it should be open to life that, you know, every single aspect of our life, it's like we're trying to imitate that because it's in our blood and it's in our body and it's in our soul, we might even say.
3: So, yeah, uh,
2: it makes me so sad that I keep getting phone calls like around the country. Like, you know, can, can you please help me out here? Like I went to San Antonio about a month ago and, um, you know, we're, we're inculcating these children that the body doesn't matter. And, um, it's just going to wind up in misery. So we have to you know, keep talking about a loving way to reach these people to, for them to understand who they are made in God's dimension, likeness.
1: And, it, and, as, oh. and I think as parents, I think it's important because I, you know, Particularly, but they get. I mean, at least my experience of of teenagers is when they latch their self to what is true, <laughs> they can they can not always do that in a loving way, and and to try to tell them, look, you know, it is it is something that we need to um talk about what is true about about a person, but at the same time, it's not I'm right, you're wrong, and in in the sense of I'm better than you because I know what it is. It should be more of a, of a loving, caring for the person relationship building to the extent that it's possible. And that's a hard line to walk too. Even if you've raised children to, to do that, it's hard to get them to know how, how exactly to interact, particularly since we live, many of them have been taught that whatever they think, you know, whatever they think they are gender wise is what they are, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Right. Hey, um, I well, we we have about five minutes left, uh, Monica, just to update you. Sure. Um, did you have something oh, else you wanted to sorry, add?
2: I thought you were going to ask. me something. okay, great. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would say Trey that, um, you know, one of the things that I think Pope John Paul would say is listening to the f- person first. Mm-hmm. So the receptive posture. Of you know why do you um feel this way? And this is more for you know teenagers and college students because you know they can they can handle it more, but younger kids, you know, I think I think the complexities, yes. hopefully they ought to be kind of kept kept you know from from such things. but if if children are raised in a way to understand the truth of their body and then also understand that you know these people are often mixed up they often don't understand the truth of who they are because they've been brainwashed. So then, you know, the best perspective is to first listen to them and really identify as much as you can with their experience. And so I've done this, like, at abortion um, clinics or mills. When I've prayed outside, I'll talk to the lady, and to the woman, and she's like, well, you don't understand. What, you know, I'm like, okay, tell me. Tell me how you feel. And one of them once said, you know, I— my my husband would have abandoned me if I didn't have this abortion. So things like that, it just kind of awakens in the human. Oh, there is actually a story behind this. And so that's, that's one thing that I would um, say to teenagers and others, you know, there's a story behind it. Now does this story then mean to water down the truth? No. Why? Because of love. But that's another thing. Just because you listen to a story And you might empathize with them or sympathize with them, doesn't mean that the truth should be thrown out. Why? Because you want to help the person. You know, we are made to be for the other. And so, um, you know, that's that's a that's the difficulty when you know someone might have a gay friend or transgender friend, and you know, letting them know that I really do care about you, not you know just this judgmental um, idea, but but the body. You know, being brought into that, and and then one's own experience. You know, yeah. for your own teenagers to say, "Well, this is my experience," so that they can't really fight against that one either. Um, I think is important as well.
0: Um, with the time we had left, Monica, I was curious if you, just to take us in a kind of a little slightly different direction. We've we've hit um, gender identity. We've hit kind of sexual orientation um, in, from the theology of the body perspective. I'm curious, what do you think, um, does theology of the body have anything to say for us and our children about how to grapple with um, racism, with race, uh, ethnic problems?
2: Sure. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so, because, you know, if you see a human body, you see a human person. That's it. And so if we think in that direction, then every person no matter what color of skin that person is human Mm -hmm. and so so many people would also then equate you know racism with well how come you're not for the transgender or the the homosexual well the difference is you know we're still taking seriously the body yeah this is why you know an, an indian can marry a white person you know and a black person can marry someone from indonesia because they're all human, but the male and female bodies then are what, you know, helps us to be informed about, like, understanding the truth of who we are as male and female. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the problem with, um, you know, racism being equated with those other things is that the other things you have to take into account the person's inner feelings or experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, the idea of the body is this—or um, it ought to be this objective truth that, um, that that's kind of the standard by which we um, are to measure uh, the, the truth about the other person with regard to whether he's male or female or human or not. So I don't know if that um, it answers the question. I think it's
0: great. That's a whole I, think it's, that's I think sure. it's a whole other, you know, kind of— road we could go down. Um, but we are unfortunately running out of time and it went so quickly like it always does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And, and so hang on at the, the end, but I'm going to yeah. go ahead and, and give a, uh, a verse for this week to remember it's going to be Romans 12:2. do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, I think that's fitting, for for here. Amen. So, um, anyway, Monica, thank you so much for the for the um, time and clueing us in. People out there, go to what's the what's the website?
2: It's tobet.org. T-O-B-E-T.org. So, any more
1: information, information, make sure to to get with to go there and look. And um, just always remember, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you guys.